time for Gene Shepard, humorist, after-dinner speaker, and recipient of the Mark Twain Award for 1976. Here's Gene. Hello, Tess. Hello, Tess. Hello? Is it coming through? Barely, okay. Well, that's what happens when you build your station out of a series of heat kits. So, uh, what the hell, you know. Especially when you're using a cheap uh, two guys from Harrison's soldering iron. I mean, a heat kit is bad enough, but when you get that four-watt soldering iron going against a high wind, and you're using uh, solder from Woolworth, everything has problems. Bring it up there, would you please? Up, they're all sitting out there with 395 Japanese transistor radios that they got free at the bank for putting five dollars in, right? Oh, yes, the world is full of freebies, they are everywhere. And if the shoe fits, and if you think you can get it for nothing, put it on. I mean, but don't pay less price for God's sake. I mean, have you ever known anybody who actually did pay list price ever in the last 200 years for anything? Yeah. I mean, list price is one of those unattainable ideals like truth and love and beauty. Well, you don't think those are ideals? Those are realities? <laughs> begin a whole new era. Hello, test. One, two, three, four. Or if you prefer it, if you're from the Lower East Side, it's era. If you, uh, if you really think uh, geologically, it's a new eon. But uh, since we... <laughs> you don't know that word. Well, since we... <laughs> what, eon or, or geological <laughs> concepts? But uh, since we are in a new era, and Mr. Carter has won, I can now let my true native accent hang out. I mean, this is, we've entered the age, you know, now, officially, uh, of the good old boy. And, uh, oh, yes, I, I, you know, I see, I see very shortly, I see Johnny Cash doing the 7 o'clock nightly TV news on NBC. And why not, for God's sakes? I mean, <laughs> news, of, news affects us just as much as it affects some people can read. And uh, I say that uh, the news... Uh, it's it's all got to go that way. I mean, it's uh, Carter's in, and I, I I think I wonder. You know, the, the trouble with the too many pundits is they're really not pundits. They're ex uh, sportscasters who uh, spent a lot of time standing next to a an INS machine, and then uh, one day when there was nobody around, they said, "You do the news, Clarence." And uh, ten years later, he's a pundit. And if you think that's a joke, I know too many of them exactly like that. And I could take off four top network names who follow that exact pattern. Who? Walter Cronkite was a was a news uh, was a sports announcer in Kansas for some time. I mean, you always want to know who. Don't you have any imagination? No. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you don't. That's why. That's why the National Enquirer is so popular. Uh, people have no imagination anymore. They just sit with their mouths hanging open. However, 
I uh, no, this is the this is the land that really believes peanut butter and marshmallow sandwiches are good. The only country in the world <laughs> that would deal with such stuff seriously. But uh, while we're on the uh, subject of the good old boy coming in, it's the truth. The good old boy is in, and I'm looking forward to this epoch with great interest because, after all, that's what I am uh, when it comes to New Yorkers. Oh yes, anybody that that uh, that doesn't say. Uh, you know, and, and, and uh, sta, for example. Um, New York talks about stars all the time. It took me six months to understand they were talking about a star. It's a star out here. Barbara Streisand is a star, right? Well, uh, out, in, <laughs> out in the rest of the country, you know, they continue to use ours. And it took, took a long time, uh, except in certain isolated areas. Jimmy Cartersville. I wonder if... if uh, yes, that's right. Certain only isolated areas. And uh, so, so Carter will say, everywhere I look, I see love. And uh, he's, he's got a, a classical Georgian uh, exhortative uh, delivery. That's an exhortative delivery, exhorting you to love. But it's always done with a sad face. One never exhorts one to love, cheering and whooping, because love is a serious thing in uh, theological terms. It's not the thing to be trifled with. So, uh, <laughs> nor is it a thing that appears in X movies along 42nd Street, I might add. By the way, that's a New York problem anyway, confusing sex and love. Uh, we always confuse. I had no relationship whatsoever. I mean, anybody who's ever raised uh, blooded hamsters knows that love is not involved in sex. It, uh, and, and I suspect that most of the people who go to X-rated movies are basically blooded hamsters. Uh, philosophically and psychologically, if I may be nasty tonight. But nevertheless, uh, Carter did win. Now, that means that, uh, that, the, that the age of the good old boy has officially entered the lists. We've gone through the period of the uh, Harvard bombing, right? That was the whole era. And quite a few of our presidents came out of that crowd. Uh, the Harvard bombing, including uh, Woodrow Wilson, and I'm not being specific about Harvard. I'm being specific about a type. Uh, there was uh, well, endless. Uh, Thomas Jefferson, for one. There were endless numbers of the Brahmin type. And that's in the Indian sense. Uh, and so then we went through a very brief period of the, uh, the, uh, the pioneer shooting from the hip type. Uh, the Texas type. Now, there were several of those. Uh, Andy Jackson, not just LBJ, if you don't know much about history. There have been several of those. Then there was the period of the, uh, of the solid, sitting-behind-the-roll-top-desk businessman president, William Howard Taft, classic example. <laughs> and, uh, and now we've entered the era of the good old boy. Now, uh, we haven't had any of those for a long time. And that actually hasn't, because the good old boy didn't come into being until roughly the late 1870s and 80s. Did not exist in the time of Jackson. Southerners existed, but the good old boy didn't. It's a different kind of man. Well, I'm not going to tell you what a good old boy is. Why do I have to be so explicit? You know what you're doing. You're getting too explicit. Once you start getting explicit about humor, you blow it. <laughs> you're the kind of chick that would sit in a nightclub and when Don Rickle says, is that a banana you're eating or is that your nose? And there'd be a big laugh. You'd say, well, what is he eating? <laughs> Thereby killing the entire gag. Most, uh, most people have no understanding of what humor is about. And uh, 
that's why most people you you you, you find that the average walking around person now writes humor. That's why Rhoda is so crashingly unfunny most of the time. You know, too many graduates of CCNY are out on the coast writing. And, uh, well, you don't call it writing, for God's sakes. I mean, I hate to be spoiled that which Hemingway did and that which Shakespeare did with the term writing. <laughs> I have my own expression for it, but that's for next semester. However, I mean, if you grow up. However, uh, since Mr. Carter is now in... There's all kinds of portents and signs everywhere that the good old boy is in the ascendancy. Would you please, uh, would you please give me a chair for the new era, please? My God, that sounds good. My God Almighty! Yeah, keep that uh, in abeyance there, will you, please? We're talking to the stable hands here. Keep it in abeyance there, please. And uh, by God, that sounds good. Now, I'm, I see what I'm going to do. Uh, I, of course, you realize anybody that comes out here. Uh, to the coast, he must do everything he can to erase his roots. Uh, although occasionally he will trot them out to produce credentials. For example, Tom Wicker is the ultimate New Yorker now. Uh, and yet, uh, uh, there's an expression that uh, we good old boys use for that type. He's a genuine you-know-what kicker. And what he kicks ain't uh, Valentine beer cans. So, uh, <laughs> but so he, he, he tries to, to, you know, expunge that. When you come out here, you become very elegant, and uh, you spend a lot of time hanging around places on the east side, looking vaguely bored. When actually, when you come from a joint like East Oxford, Mississippi, uh, <laughs> it ain't easy. It ain't easy to pretend all the time. But once in a while, you know, deep in the cups, when the bourbon is flowing, the real thing comes out. Now, uh, since I I, uh, I come from that great, vast, unplumbed, endless stretch of land that most of you have only flown over. You see, there's great areas of the country that are only observed from 38,000 feet through broken cloud cover. And that's where we're from. <laughs> Down there, way in the... There are states that nobody goes to. Uh, and that that doesn't not say that they go from it either. There are states that know. You've never heard anyone say, I'm going to take two weeks in Indianapolis this year. That's where I'm going to spend my vacation, right? That's right. No one goes to Indiana. No one goes. I can name others. Have you known anyone who said, by God, what I want to do this year is spend my vacation in Dubuque? Have you known anyone who spent his two weeks in Iowa? Nope. All right, these are states to whom no one really goes, to which no one goes. You will not find the uh, scenic cruises of southern Ohio, although southern Ohio is damn scenic. Believe me, if you don't know anything about the scenery of southern Ohio and you really think the Garden State is the Garden State, you're in trouble. <laughs> and so there are certain states uh, that you just don't know about. You know, They're all sitting out there walking around. And uh, they all have their accents. And what happens when you get out here, of course, uh, in the big time, you have to expunge your accent at all. In fact, some people get so unbelievably expunged that people believe that they're from other countries. For example, uh, well, I can name several actors uh, who are from Indiana that you wouldn't believe. You, you, uh, you always vaguely think they're English. Clifton Webb, for example. You remember the late Clifton Webb, elegant? Fort Wayne, Indiana. 
<laughs> Took him years to live that one down, and it was one of the deepest held secrets of his life. So uh, we go the other way. You know, there's nothing worse than a convert, I might add. And so when a, when a, a good old boy comes east and uh, has his uh, first uh, dish of fettuccine at the, at the Four Seasons, he becomes the worst kind of convert. Spends his off hours hanging around the seventh floor at Abercrombie and Fitch. Now, that's important. Anyone can go down in Abercrombie and Fitch on the ground floor. It's the seventh floor where the elite meet to eat. It's true, uh, true elegance. And so he winds up with wearing Chesterfields. I knew one guy that even, you know what a Chesterfield is? One of these, that's one of these dark coats that elegant people wear to east side places with the velvet collar. You know, the narrow, that's a Chesterfield. I, I knew one guy that had Chesterfield pajamas made. I mean, uh, where was he from? Well, he was from <laughs> Rabbit Hash, Kentucky. And by God, he was going to forget it as soon as he could. Never. People come up to me and they have the honest gall to say, do you ever go back to Indiana? Are you kidding? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> oh my God almighty, are you going back to Indiana? Listen, uh, the, 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 the good old boy that can finally shake it off and get out of it goes back only in fiction. You don't think for a minute Larry McMurtry's going to move back to Cheyenne, Wyoming, do you? Or has any desire to, do you? Or who's Larry McMurtry? Once again, we're plumbing your great vast store of illiteracy. Uh, but uh, <laughs> all of you, I mean. So, so you know, you just... Uh, I have to answer Tom Wolfe's famous line, you can't go home again. No, it's not that at all, Tom. The, this is the real Tom Wolfe. Thomas Wolfe of Asheville, North Carolina. Uh, I'll have to answer the question posed by the title of his book. It ain't that you can't go home. It's that you ain't no way going home. They have to draft you. Oh, no. Once you've tasted the heady delights of, uh, of uh, the winds that blow out of the mysterious east, you just don't go back to Asheville. And if you do, you generally go in disgrace. Have you noticed that the that the uh, that the voices have changed on commercials? Incidentally, now I'll tell you how they've changed. There were a few years ago when practically every commercial on TV, the voiceover was by Alexander Scrooby. He was always saying things like, "When you go to your washing machine dealer," that was the Scrooby syndrome, and that's all long since gone. That 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 is the commercial vaguely thought of as an offshoot of the 19th century school of Shakespearean acting. You know, where one did not speak, one acted, one declaimed. You said, alas, poor Yorick. You know, no one would ever say that in life. You, you, know, you just look at it and you say, poor bugger. <laughs> you know, poor Yorick, he really bought the farm. Well, the point being, <laughs> now, styles change. And if you notice carefully, styles change as they change they also reflect the changing mores in the country and attitudes. So, for example, if you, uh, if you, there's a great plethora now of CB commercials all done by variations of uh, this guy McCall that's doing them all. What's his name? Cash McCall or Tax McCall or whatever. Well, you don't know those things because you don't know much outside of Chevy Chase and Barbara Streisand, honey. So you better stay in your department. 
However, uh, <laughs> this, this is all sweeping from the west this way. Uh, a couple of years ago, if I had mentioned on this same show, and I did, uh, such uh, esoterica as uh, Merle Haggard, you never know who he was. Oh, you all know now, because he was on XXX show. But the point being here, that, uh, that it all came from the West Coast down through the Gulf states, and it's slowly sweeping up. That's the new way America will be. Now, how is it going to be? Well, it's going to be many things. It's going to be very different than the old America. Incidentally, the old America keeps thinking that it's the new America that, in a sense, well, it, it, that's one of the reasons why Carter, all the East went for Carter, because they thought of Carter, really, as an old-line liberal Democrat. They are in for a surprise. <laughs> that's all I can say. It's a new kind of thing that's coming in that is very familiar to anyone who spent much time out in the Midwest and the Far West for a long time. And, uh, and uh, what it is, well, you can hear inklings of it in, uh, in C&W music. Not folk songs. Not uh, Joan Baez. But in uh, more closely related, Mel Tillis. Now, who's Mel Tillis? Well, how the hell do you know who he is? You must have read about him in a story I wrote. That's about it. Uh, so, uh, these, uh, this is, you know, it's a whole new thing. Now, how I know, how I know that, uh, that there's a new era coming in, the very night that Carter was, was, was elected, I too was given a signal honor. No, I was given a signal honor. I, years go by, I get no signal honors. Carter gets a signal honor, right? He's a good old boy. Fifteen years ago, had he run, you'd have all been walking around laughing. The New York Times not only would not have recommended him, they wouldn't have listed him. I mean, he would have been among the news that ain't fit to print. So uh, things are changing. Now, uh, so they're changing rapidly. I mean, here you've got a good old boy, me, being sent to the National Horse Show to, uh, to report on uh, an Eastern event, which is the National Horse Show, but couldn't be more Eastern. In spite of the fact there are Tennessee walking horses walking around there, there's a lot of Eastern people sitting on them. But uh, what what is signal honors? Okay, the night that that Carter was elected, I was given a fantastic plaque, magnificent plaque. Uh, you don't get many plaques in your life, other than the stuff that the dentist digs out of your mouth. I uh, I <laughs> I was given a magnificent plaque by the Nassau Music Educators Association. Oh, that's all the biggies. I mean, uh, from, you know, school biggies, see? And they gave me this big plaque, and the plaque read, in recognition and in noting the award of the number one sousaphone player for 1976, B-flat, double B-flat division, I won the national number one sousaphonist in the country. From the, and you can't get more elegant than Nassau. I mean, that wasn't the East Flatbush Association of Piano Teachers. This is a real outfit. And not only that, it said, and in, 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 in recognition of his great contribution throughout the years to the sorry plight and the sad loneliness of sousaphone players everywhere. And it was beautiful. 
And not only that, for for those of you out there that are uh, that are sousaphone players, I'll tell you what I got with it. This plaque it was not just a plaque, buddy. Mounted on the plaque was a genuine German silver double B flat sousaphone mouthpiece. That's gorgeous. Now you know that doesn't mean anything to you, but a but a, a German silver mouthpiece is about as rare today as a Hope diamond. Mouthpieces today are made of. Uh, uh, a kind of a kind of a carved plastic, basically, an onyx plastic sometimes. But this is a beautiful thing, and it's a signal honor. The era of the good old boy has returned. My God, if it ever went away! And uh, I wanted, incidentally, by a, no, no, I'm not going to. I wanted, by the way, on a magnificent uh, uh, rendition of the second chorus of what you are about to hear. What you're hearing, you see, is not just a march, buddy. It is a tour de force for sousaphone players. Listen to the sousaphone part in this. You hear him in there and watch. Now, wait a minute here. Now, wait till they come into that number 16 of the second. Thank you. That's enough. That's enough of that. Uh, thank you. That's enough. We want to leave in more. You know, leave them always wanting more. That's the old showbiz axiom. Now the the uh, so I, I'm uh, I'm really recognizing, in a sense, uh, uh, the emergence of a new era. Now now when you when you talk about the style of the White House, the style, the sense of what what will be in in the next couple of years. Well, it ain't going to be peanuts. Now, I'll tell you why. No, no. See, you missed the point. A peanut eater does not eat peanuts any more than a wheat farmer sits around and eats kernels of wheat. Or did you think they did? No, they don't. A, a, a corn farmer does not sit around and have roast corn every night. In fact, that's about the last thing he has for dinner <laughs> if, he, if he's out there growing. It's just like people who are in show business. Take me, for example. I, uh, the first thing I want to do when I'm not doing it, when I'm not performing, is I will not go to places where other people are. In short, the performers do not go to other performers' performances on their night off, contrary to popular myth. They simply don't. Uh, if they do, that would be roughly the same as if uh, you work in an office maybe during your day, you know, your work. So what if you have Monday off? Do you go visit the Equitable Life Insurance office just to go around and hang around offices? Like hell. <laughs> okay, buddy. <laughs> but there is this myth that, that uh, now like I do a radio show. It is widely believed among people that I must listen to the radio. Nothing could be further from the truth. Now, I guarantee you that when Johnny Carson is off, he doesn't sit around and swap anecdotes with Zsa, Zsa Gabor. I'll guarantee it. <laughs> now, now, now. On the other hand, so so. Let's get back to the White House. It is believed, and of course, peanuts are in. Well, no way. They're only in among the great, vast, unwashed hoi polloi or the slob who believes you know peanuts are. It's a uh, so. What will be in? Well, all right. Now here, for example, now. <laughs> 
What do you think this is? No, this is not C&W. No way. In fact, uh, for those of you who think that the C&W is going to be in, this is the kind of music that they really listen to in the South. That's right. This guy is the number one box office draw in all of the near South throughout Georgia and Tennessee. Who is he? You never heard of him because he's never on the Johnny Carson show. When I say number one, I mean number one. I ain't kidding. And he don't even sing. just see this being played in you know in the in the in the green ballroom in the white house yeah he's gonna i'll, I'll guarantee he's gonna make an appearance there just like jackie kennedy brought french impressionist artists to the white house which jack couldn't stand uh well he was a very different type don't confuse jack with jackie and uh and lbj brought a barbecue beef all them good old Texans around. This has got to come. All right, who's that? Well, it's Boots Randolph. And uh, if you don't know who he is, you just don't know nothing about Southern music. In fact, would you give me the Battle of New Orleans on it? That's his great theme song in there. I'm going to suggest other things that are going to be big. For example, uh, okra soup. Now, okra soup has nothing to do with peanuts, but it has a hell of a lot to do with Georgia. So if you've ever had okra, okra gumbo is the way it's really told down there. Give me a nice big, how about a dish of greens or a mess of greens if you prefer that. Do you know what a green is? You do? You think it's spinach? You couldn't be further than the, the truth. <laughs> you are so wrong. <laughs> New Yorkers just don't know Southern cooking. Oh, no, no. A mess of greens is something else again. I had met plenty of mess of greens in my time. What is a mess of greens? Well, uh, how, how about trying turnip tops for, for a good starter? You can't get them down at the Acme, can you? And you don't even know what okra is, do you? Okra sounds like some place down there that has some kind of a trucking company. The okra trucking company, right? It's okra. Oh, there's all kinds of stuff you're going to have to get used to. Oh, I mean them turnovers with gravy and those chiplas and them pop ones and those diglins and those dinglins, yeah. Bring it up there big. It's a whole new ball game. And I might add, uh, already they're probably trucking endless uh, trucks of uh, grits into the White House. You know what the grit is, don't you? Grit is something, you know. Just got to get used to that. It's what it is, is lukewarm cream of wheat. A little butter, a little salt and pepper on it. It goes pretty good with a mess of fried eggs and some greens. All right, hold it. And you don't know what fat pork is? And you think fat pork is just fat pork? Oh, no, that's a special kind of fat pork. Oh, and I bet most of you don't even know what a chitlin is. You just heard the expression, but you don't know what a chitlin is. Well, think about it for a minute. Is a chitlin a baby chit? What is a chitlin? Come on, think about it. Well, there's all kinds of stuff coming in now. And the one thing you're going to find is that uh, peanut farmers do not eat peanuts. Well, what do they eat? I've been telling you for the last 20 minutes. Where the hell have you been doing? Frantically writing stuff down that you don't understand. Bring it up there big. 
bet you don't know the difference between side bacon and bacon. I'll bet you don't know what a nice plate of sow belly's like. It's about like the way it sounds. I'll bet it's been a long time since you had any yam pie. Well, you're going to start having it again very shortly. They'll be serving it everywhere. most Georgia of all creations, of course, is the pecan pie. Guaranteed to put carries, guaranteed to put the, to, to put the, <laughs> the toughest root canal out of business in 12 minutes. I mean, it's possible to gain 15 pounds just thinking of pecan pie. You know what a, another preoccupation of Georgians is? Fireworks. Every 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 other corner in Georgia has a stand that says fireworks all year round. Guys drive around and throw cherry bombs out at one another. Wait till, uh, wait till Carter lays one of those on the crowd. <laughs> You've been listening to Gene Shepard, humorist, author, and recipient of the Mark Twain Award for 1976.